Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 8, as Andy is up in the wilderness on a little weekend getaway vacation. I hope he's having a lot of fun and didn't stay up too late watching New York Rangers fall to the Edmonton Oilers in overtime. Uh, In his place, I have a first-time, long-time, Eric, we call him Phil on the podcast, so, Phil, how's it going? And welcome aboard. Uh, it's going good, James. Thanks for having me. Um, like you said, first time, long time. I uh, I spend a lot of my time listening to your podcast uh, in the truck with the girls. So the next time they hear a familiar voice on the speaker, it'll be really funny to catch their uh, their reaction. So thank you for having me. Do you want to say hi to them so this way like they can hear their names on the podcast or do you uh, yeah know? i guess i i'll give i'll give a quick shout out to aaron and nora um big big uh big young fans of the podcast they're uh always always excited to hear uh you and andy break break it down and and give uh your insight on what's going on in rangers world yeah so how is it speaking of you you're you're in a unique situation you live up in maine so you're going to be battling the the girls live in new england why don't i just pull for the the good teams in this northeast uh like the boston bruins and and the uh boston red sox and i know you're a met fan so maybe the boston red sox doesn't sting as much but um how how are you actively stopping them from being a new england fan (laughs) <laughs> well, first, first of all, you guys don't let me forget that uh, that I live in New England, so I I have a uh, uh, a little bit of motivation there to to make sure that they come up as uh, as New York fans. But um, I think just the fact that I only watch New York sports will will put a a little bit of a a helpful hand on guiding them in the right direction. Um, once they start going to school and and get uh get friends that have uh that have been turned it might be a little bit more difficult but um my my goal my goal is to is to keep it going as long as i can um and just hope that if i brainwash them with uh with bad enough sports that they'll uh 
they'll be allergic to the good teams when when it comes time for them to make their own choices. Yeah, because that'll be ex- extremely hard having uh, two girls in the house that you know root for the Boston Bruins, and just seeing the yellow and black would just be absolutely disgusting. Yeah, it's 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 tough. Uh, after living in Boston for for a year, it was uh, it was tough enough with people you didn't know. So having people in the in the household would be tough. Yeah, and and hopefully Boston stinks in the upcoming <laughs> years because that will also help too. Like in, in their prime of fandom and picking a team, you know, hopefully Boston's on a downtrend and the Rangers are on an uptrend because that will be that'll be huge. Fingers crossed. So did you watch the game last night? I did, unfortunately. It's unbelievable. It, was, it, it really now, give, is. It's, give me your overall thoughts before we get into the, the details. On, on just the game or overall this season? Just No, just the game last night. Okay. So I, I kept wanting to think that they were not doing too bad. I was watching and being like, it's not, it's not terrible. You know, it's, it could be worse. Um, going into the game, you, you kind of have in the back of your mind that if they don't lose by more than a touchdown, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a win. Um, but as soon as, as soon as that started to become a reality, they jump out to a quick lead. Um, they get a couple more. They, at one point, I think at the start of the second, like five or 10 minutes into the second period, they were up four one and the, the hope starts to claw into your mind that, Hey, maybe they can pull one out. And then the reality starts to set back in and all of a sudden it's four, two. And then what seems like very shortly thereafter, they're blowing another two goal lead going into the third and they score to make it five, four. And you're like, all right, well, maybe they can, maybe they can hold the lead. They just lost uh, in an overtime game to Vancouver. Maybe they've learned something, but lo and behold, you have Connor McDavid, who is, it almost seems unfair. uh, Just put the entire Edmonton team on his back, tie it up. And then as soon as they did that, I think that was the third time they had tied the game. It, there's no way that they're winning uh, an overtime game against a team like that. No, not at all. I mean, their three versus three is a joke. I mean, the fact that they can have dry side on Connor McDavid out there, they don't really don't even need a third guy because they'll never lose <laughs> possession of the puck. Yeah. It, their, it's just, no, go ahead. Their, their team speed is unbelievable. I don't think they have a guy on that team. That's not like, if you saw him skating, you wouldn't be like, Holy shit, that guy's fast ever. Like even down to their fourth line, Zach Cassian gets the puck and he's he can skate just as well as half of the guys that have put on a Ranger sweater in the last 10 years. And he's a fourth line grinder who can cave your face in. They they addressed some of the needs that they needed, right? They needed to get deeper Edmonton and they needed to put together a squad that was going to be able to compete in the playoffs. What I've been seeing from them right now, I feel like they've gotten they've gotten to that point where okay, they're ready to take another step forward. Because I used to be like, all right, how good is McDavid and, you know, Dreisaitl? Like, are they really that good that they're putting up video game numbers in the NHL? Or are they just like, are they out there for, you know, 25 minutes and, you know, that's all they have? They're still out there for 25 minutes, but I feel like they've gotten a little bit deeper and 
They're not just that uh, pushover in the playoffs that, you know, I, I always thought they were uh, for the years past. Last oh. night, for me, the, the New York Rangers, we have a problem where I, I don't know what it is, but we just like, we don't get after it. And we go through fucking spells, and I'm cursing here because I'm so frustrated that we lost in overtime last night. But we go through spells where we stop skating. And I don't know what, what that is. Like, if they're overwhelmed and outmatched with talent, I would be like, okay, like, but we're a good team. Like, there's no reason that we should get pinned into our own zone for minutes at a time and not be able to get the puck out. There's no Absolutely. reason why uh, I think it was the, the shot. For, who was it? Was it Barry that, that, that scored? I think it was, yeah, Barry that scored from the point um, to tie it up. Like we have the puck on the half wall and we take like a slap shot towards the boards at an angle where it's not going to leave. It's not going to leave the zone. It's only going to like kick out to a perfect pass to the point. There's no reason why we make those plays. Like I know Gallant isn't teaching that. I know Gallant doesn't practice. All right, guys, this is for when we're pinned into our own zone for three minutes. It's like, guys, Gather the puck, have confidence, and make a hockey play, and just shoot it. Even if you ice the puck, at least gives you a breather. But now you can't just give them opportunities, especially to shoot from you know through the guts of the ice down the middle in front of the net, because the rebounds aren't going to go wide. The rebounds are going to kick out in front, and our d- defense are just too exhausted. It's almost as if we're just not in shape. Yeah. Do you do you get that feeling like I, watching them? Absolutely. So one of one of the things that I I like made a mental note of last night during the game was the um, their inability to get the puck out of their zone five to ten feet inside their blue line and that like gray area. They're they it's they're either because they're shooting the puck into the boards instead of going high off the glass, it's taking too much off of their shot. And it's almost a perfect pass every time to the point man that's just sitting there. And then you've got two or three forwards flying the zone thinking that the puck's going to get out. And then all of a sudden it's just odd man rush after odd man rush coming into the zone. And to your point, they, they do look like they're not a very well conditioned team. They, even, even if they do ice the puck and have that little bit of a breather, granted, I know a lot of the times they've been out on the ice for, a minute or 45 seconds plus. So they're already gassed. So that little extra time is not necessarily going to give them fresh legs, but they look like they look like they played everybody on the ice played 27 minutes, three games in a row in the middle of the second period. They just don't look like they have that either extra gas in the tank or that they just aren't conditioned well. I, I don't know what I don't know what else it could be, but the them not being able to handle the puck, control the puck, get it out of their zone and deep and change kills them. It's it's one of those things where it's like it's like the basic stuff where you think like at the NHL level you wouldn't have to worry about this. I mean this is the stuff like that we would do and get frustrated at in high school. And it just I had a it, I had a coach question my manhood for not getting the puck out. <laughs> Of the zone. Do you remember the drill we once did where we had to shoot the puck from the one blue line and we had to wrap it all the way around? Yeah, and it had to get out of the zone the other way. Yes. 
And like, if, if one of us didn't do it, I think we had to skate. And of yes. course, like one kid didn't do it. And it was always the last kid. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that's like, I almost like that drill popped up into my head watching this team, especially in the second period towards the end there, where mm-hmm. this is like now I feel like the fourth game in a row where we're just, we get pinned in our zone and we have, we're out of gas and it happens immediately. Like we look yeah. exhausted, like 30 seconds into the shift. It's like, exactly. listen, I, I know the NHL, the conditioning is, you know, is on another level. And 30 seconds is kind of a long shift with how hard these guys are working. But we're, you, it's, you're not working that hard where you're getting pinned and you can't get out 30 seconds into a shift. I, I'm sorry. It's just, I, it's a joke. I don't know if you saw the graphic, and I can't remember what period it was in, but they had something up on the, um, uh, on the feed up by the score, the score box in the top left-hand corner that said Fox two and a half minutes shift. I, I refuse to believe that that was two and a half minutes in a row. I, or I, I hope to God that I'm wrong, but could you imagine being on the ice for a two and a half minute shift? Like, no, not at that level. It's unbelievable. So I'm looking at it now. He almost played 27 minutes of that game. It's, it's kind of a joke. And, 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 and Nils Lundqvist and Keandre Miller played 12 and 16, which I, I get it. You know, you know, Edmonton is such a dynamic team. They score a bunch of goals and, and, you know, and no lead is safe with them, especially a New York Rangers lead when, you know, when it doesn't take much to keep you in the zone, but it, it's just, I don't know, man. Like you look at, all right, Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl, so Dreisaitl played 24, almost 25 minutes. McDavid played 25 and a half minutes. And Nugent Hopkins played almost 21 minutes. It's like, if these guys can do it and absolutely dominate you, well, why can't the Rangers do it? I mean, Duncan Keith played almost 25 minutes. And I, I felt, and we haven't, we didn't really have shifts where we pinned them in the zone for minutes at a time. It's just so frustrating. And I went, I didn't see the graphic because I, I was going back and forth from listening to the game to watching the game. So, okay. Um, I didn't get to see all the graphics and even I'm watching out my phone. You kind of missed that too. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was small. It was it, like I said, I, I didn't, I didn't hear them talk about it. All I saw was it pop up and I don't know if it was, he's already played two and a half minutes in this period and it was early or, or what, or it was, I don't know, but just seeing the two and a half minute counting clock on one player shift, it to me seems unacceptable. Like if you can't get the puck out of the zone long enough to to change, and you're out there for two and a half minutes, you deserve to get scored on. It's it's kind of unacceptable. Yeah, and and you know the Rangers. It's funny because you know we we finally get some secondary scoring. Scoring. Philip Hedel gets a goal. Rooney gets a goal. Uh, you know, and, and you're, you know, you should win those games where you're able to put up five goals in regulation and, you know, not including like a shootout goal or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you should win those games, especially when you're playing into those games and you have a lead. You should not be coughing that, those things up. And, you know, I, I just get so frustrated with this team. Our, our PK finally comes to earth playing a, a really good power play, um, mm-hmm. a, a power play that can score goals. And, Lo and behold, the Oilers go two for two on their power play. We go one for two, which is, you know, which is fine. It is what it is. But, you know, 
again, special teams, absolute killer last night. Uh, we give up almost 40 shots on goal. That's an absolute killer. I mean, a normal save percentage, let's just say it's around five, uh, 900. Every 10 shots on goal is a goal you're giving up. So if you're going to give up 40 shots, well, you got, you're going to have to score five. And you did it, and you still lost. So, you know, it's just... It's just so frustrating. And then watching uh, Georgie play, the guy makes a lot of good saves, but he just doesn't ever make the big save when you need it. I mean, the turning point, I think, of the entire game is in the final minutes of the second period. I think it was Pujarvi pulls up, takes a slap shot, and just he looks like he was almost afraid of the puck. I mean, granted, it was a point-blank slap shot, tough one to save, but a good goalie, starting goalie, has to have that. And, you know, they're funny i was listening to it on the radio and um they they were talking about it that's an ahl goal like that's a goal you score in the ahl that's not supposed to happen in the nhl a goalie makes an nhl goalie makes that save and again georgie's dream of becoming a starter elsewhere barring some crazy injury and some trade is never going to happen if he keeps you know playing the way he does it's just listen you you need to make the big save i don't care there's no excuse you're an nhl goalie you need to make the big save especially in a game like this where where you know Edmonton's not going to give up because they have the cheat codes in Dreisaitl and McDavid that, that can score pretty much at will. So you cannot be giving up those t- untimely goals. Extremely frustrating. But again, the silver lining is the Rangers get another point and they find themselves, you know, uh, you know 6-2-3, and three, which... I don't know, Eric, if, if you or Phil, I should call you. I don't, I don't want to change it just because of uh, we're on a podcast here. Um, <laughs> people are going to be really confused, especially your daughters if they're listening. Uh, would you sign up right now before the season started? And I told you the Rangers' first 11 games, they were going to be 6-2-3. and three. Would you sign up for that? I, I think so. I Honestly, after the last couple of – the way the last couple of years have gone, being – being in a position where you're giving yourself an opportunity look look you're not going to you're not going to make the playoffs in the first 11 games but you can put yourself on a track where you can steal a couple of points you can um not be behind the eight ball completely where coming down the the last stretch you're instead of fighting for points and fighting for wins. And then on top of that, hoping that other teams lose or hoping that other teams don't go to overtime because you've had a decent start at the beginning of, of the season, you know, maybe, maybe that changes the way they play a little bit or have to play coming down the stretch. Um, I, I don't think, and, and just to, just to look at it in a different, from a different point of view, when you and Andy, I think it was the last podcast, talked about kind of what your expectations were um, and what you wanted to see out of this little road trip. I think you said you you would you would be really happy if they were able to come out with um, five points. I think out of out of a possible eight, just just over five hundred um, in terms of points. I believe that's what you said. Correct me if I'm wrong. Now that they stole, I in my in my eyes, looking at this before the game happened, regardless of how they ended up losing, before this Oilers game, 
those two points were kind of, you know, a, a pipe dream. So for them to steal a point there, and I know they lost to Vancouver in overtime, but they got they grab a point there. Those those two points, if they can have a game against Calgary to, today, um, and, and and find a way to get a little bit of a revenge game and get two points out of that, that's not a terrible Western road trip. You know, it, it's not it's not great. You know, it's not perfect. It's it's not great. I mean, obviously. They drop a game last night that they, you know, in hindsight should have won, but it wasn't the expectation that they were going to come in and beat a, on paper, much more lethal Oilers team. Am I wrong there? No, you're not wrong. Um, Listen, it's so, listen, the record wise and points wise, they're doing fine. They're kind of humming along. I mean, they're one, one and one at home. They're five one and two away, which is a, a great road record. You just want to be basically a, a hovering over five hundred there, and you want to have a really good, you know, winning percentage at home. Where we're, we're kind of flipped right now, but we we really only haven't had we haven't had a really good long uh, uh, home stand. So we got to kind of wait to see what we are at home. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it's funny because if if you told me that that was a record six two and three after eleven games, I'd sign up for that in a heartbeat. But the pro- problem is six, two, and three. I feel like we've missed so many opportunities to get points, and you know it just reminds me of like last year, like when the Rangers pissed away a couple games against the the Pittsburgh Penguins, where you know they had the lead late and they t- the Pittsburgh tied it and then won it in overtime. That that's how I'm I'm kind of getting that feeling again. And in a division, you know, six, two, and three is great, but in a division where you know. The last place team, the Devils, are four and three, four three and two. That's not going to cut it. You know, we're we're not playing in. You know, we're not playing in the Central where we have a one and nine Chicago and a zero and ten Arizona, and you know, uh, uh, all the other teams are like five hundred or right above five hundred, or even like look at the Pacific. You have Vancouver four and six, Seattle four and six, Vegas is five and five, L.A. is five and five. And then, you know, San Jose, six and four, they'll fall off. Anaheim is five and four. You know, they'll probably fall off. And then you have, you know, Calgary and Edmonton running away with it right now. Like, we don't have, like, the stinky teams in our division. Like, we, we you play a week where you go, I don't know, or two, a couple weeks where you go, I don't know, one and seven, you're going to be looking at the, you're going to be at the bottom of the standings. You're going to be looking yeah. up at everybody because. Absolutely. Especially like, in a in a division where the Islanders are in sixth place, w- yeah, with with a four two and two record, you know that's not going to stay. Just no. the way that they just the way they play that they're they're going to get better. Pittsburgh four three and two, they had they've had a lot of injuries to start. They're an older team as as you guys have talked about a lot, but uh, honestly, I. I I don't. They're not going to just lay down because their superstars are getting older. They're gonna. They're gonna bounce back. Like the the Metro Division is unbelievable. It it really is, and that this is why it's so frustrating giving up points to teams like Vancouver and blowing leads against Edmonton, where that would have been a really quality two points. That would have been a big two points. But I understand you only get one, but that one was basically a makeup. For the point you kind of pissed away in Vancouver. So you really, you look at those two games and it's like, no, you pissed away two points. You didn't steal two points. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, 
An official sports betting partner of the NHL has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And DraftKings is giving customers free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, now you have a, a game tonight against the Calgary Flames. Uh, I'm going to the Giant game tomorrow, so I, I wasn't going to be able to record a podcast uh, tomorrow. So, you know... You know, I, I want to get your th- kind of thoughts, you know, heading into Calgary. I mean, right now, I feel like it's everything's going to we're, we're going to piss away this game. Like there's no shot the Rangers win this game because that's that's the taste I have in my mouth. Right now. I, I would I would tend to agree with you. I don't think they I don't think that they are. A team that's going to just play down to the way the Rangers are playing. They have a group where they're going to set the tone. If you don't match that tone, if you don't come out humming and things are clicking, guys are doing what they're supposed to do. They're doing the little things. The Calgary flames are going to make you pay for it. At least the way they're playing right now. They're they're They seem to be clicking. They seem to be buying into whatever um, has changed from the last couple of years. Um, I don't know what Sutter is doing over there, but he is, he's got them all pulling in the same direction. It seems like, um, so I just, if, if they don't come out and take it to Calgary, there's no, there's no chance. They can't, they can't make the little mistakes. Like we talked about from the game last night, they can't fail to get the puck out. They can't fail to get stuck on the ice for these two and a half minute shifts. Um, they have to start to learn how to play with a lead. And I don't know, I don't know how that happens. I don't know if that's leadership. I don't know if that's experience. Um, I, I don't know what it is, but they, they have to figure out a way to not play scared and not play to not lose. They have to play to win. They they just it doesn't seem like they have that killer instinct to when you've got a team on the ropes to put them out and to just run away with it, at least consistently. I mean, look, they can do it against, um, they can do it against a team like Columbus where they're able to just kind of run away with it. They get Igor playing in net behind them. He got a shutout. They, they just, they don't have that ability to do it consistently yet. And like I said, I don't know what that comes back to. If that comes back to the fact that they don't have a captain and haven't for what seems like 10 years, 
or if it's that they still have a young core group of guys, which honestly I'm starting to not buy anymore because even these young stars that they have have been in these situations before. You've got guys like Kreider, like Zabanajad, like Truba, who are touted as these locker room guys, but they can't seem to get the ship pointed in the right direction. I, I don't know. I don't know how that gets fixed. I don't know if that gets fixed by slapping a C on somebody's jersey or going out and getting somebody, but they have to figure it out because this six, two, and three start that we've said is great from, you know, in hindsight is very close to turning around and being six, 12, and four or something terrible. No, I. I, I couldn't agree more with that. It's it's the New York Rangers right now with the way they're built. They're a very deep team. I think they can win a playoff round, but this is not a Stanley Cup team. This is a By team no stretch. That, no, no. They can compete in the playoffs. I think they'll. I think they'll get there. Uh, what's the old percentage? It's like eighty-five percent of the teams that are in the, a playoff spot come Thanksgiving usually make the playoffs. It's like you have an eighty-five percent chance. So yeah, something we, very very close to that. Yeah, so if we can hang on till you know late November in a playoff spot, we put ourselves in a really good position, and that's probably another probably another five games before that, which would be you know uh, which six. which is which is doable because we've got we've got Calgary today, then Florida, Columbus, New Jersey, Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, Buffalo, and the Islanders all before Thanksgiving, and. That's not, I mean, look, it's not, it's not pushover games, but those are all winnable, winnable games. You would, you would hope so. But the Rangers, I feel like always have a way of like losing and stinking up against the, (laughs) uh, the, the worst teams in the league. And that's true. But, you know, we got to give them credit where credit's due. You know, they took care, they took care of business against the lesser teams so far this year. So hopefully that trend continues. But again, I, I know you mentioned, you know, you said, oh, five points on this road trip, that would be, you know, uh, you know, you would sign up for that. I would sign up for that. And if we take Calgary to overtime, we hit that five-point mark. But I really honestly think if we lose to Calgary in overtime, we've, we failed. Like, just looking back at the games and just, you know, you got to learn to win. You got to, it's winning, winning is great on the stat sheet. But the culture of winning is what wins you championships. And you got to embed that in these guys. And winning culture starts, you know, you build to that. It just doesn't, you know, it's not a magic potion where you drink and you're going to be all of a sudden winners. It's you got to build that. You got to turn the organization around. And this is the year that the Rangers really need to start sending that foundation, especially with the younger guys. And if we keep losing these games in overtime or late and giving up leads, we're not building that winning culture. Yeah, we'll have wins on the standings list, and that's great. But you can throw away a Stanley Cup. Like right now, Stanley Cup, forget about it. We're this team. We, we're going to have to go through another rebuild if we think that this team's going to win a Stanley Cup, <laughs> unless we start winning games, bearing down. And it's I don't know if it's a it's a culture thing, but within that, an attitude thing. I don't know, and I really want to talk to you now that Fox has been extended. How do you, where's the C going? If you don't have a captain right now, you have, hold on one second, hold on one second. I'm going to pull something up here. Okay, 
You have Panarin long-term. You have Kreider long-term. You have Goudreau long-term. You have uh, Zibanejad long-term. You have Trouba long-term. You have Fox long-term. If, if one of those guys can't be a captain, name a captain. It's, it, at this point, it's, it's bordering on embarrassing, I think. I, I can't think of another instance where a team has not had a captain for this long, for this many years. Um, Ottawa, yeah, just, I, yeah. Ottawa just extended uh, Kachuk, and what, two days later, he's, he's the captain. Like, that's, that's how it should be taken care of, in my mind. I think if you're going to make commitments to all of these players, Either you're making a commitment to them because they are going to help you in the long run, or you feel some sort of connection to them and you want them to be a leader on your team. You don't just give guys six, seven, eleven million, nine million dollars uh, a year and then not think that they can be a leader on the team. There's and that's that's the message it sends though. When you, when you have all these guys signed up to, for long term, and you don't have a captain, the organization and management that now you got to start to question them because it's like, why are you signing all these guys that are not good enough to be a captain of the hockey team? Like, Absolutely. where's your captain going to come from? We cannot afford, and like, not to put a price tag on a captain, but at the minimum, a captain is probably going to be making. 8 million, right? They're going to be one of your better players on the team, a tenured player on the team. Like they're going to be making eight plus million a year. Where are we getting that? Yeah. Like There's, that's it. We, we have no room for another $8 million player on this team, unless we get rid of somebody. Like what I think I, Go ahead. sorry. I, I think I, I think I said this in a group chat the other day, but there's, there's two, there's two places that the Rangers can find a captain right now. And it might it might be obvious to say this, but they can either give it to somebody that they have, one of those guys that we just talked about that they've they've linked themselves to long term, that have been touted as these great locker room guys, or they have to go out and get somebody who's a bona fide captain. So to me, in in when I when I look at the way that they've done this the last couple of years, they have had Kreider on the team, they've had Zibanejad on the team, they've had Panarin on the team, they've had Trub on the team for at least the last two and a half seasons, right? Out of those guys, those have been the, the guys with the, the most buzz around for getting a captaincy. Why, if, if you're not going to give it to one of those guys, and obviously they're not because they haven't, they've all been extended, they've all committed to the team for long term, yet they still don't have a captain. So, if it's not one of those guys, are you thinking about a young guy? Is it going to be Fox? I don't know. Maybe you would think that once they locked him up, that if it was going to happen, they'd do it fairly quickly. I don't know. Well, I, I wanted one theory. I wanted to run one theory behind, and I don't want you to go any further because you might ruin my theory. <laughs> I have one theory, and this is it. This is the last chance the Rangers can name a captain, and that they don't announce anything. And he steps on onto the ice against the Florida Panthers, I believe, on Monday. And Fox has a C on his jersey. If that would, I just got chills from you saying that. But I, if it if it doesn't happen, I I just I don't like you said. I think you have to start questioning 
the coaching staff and management because you you can't look at a team and be like they're going to go they're going to go places when they don't have a true number one leader and look being a captain doesn't mean diddly dick to anybody outside of the organization other than seeing that they've got the C on your chest but it's got to mean something because no team in the history of hockey to my knowledge in the NHL has ever won a championship without having a captain without being able to point to somebody and say that's our leader that's the guy that's going to show us the way to get there that's how we're doing it we're following his lead he's the one pulling the rope we're all pulling behind him you you need to have somebody to look to even if it's just a figurehead i mean it's great to have guys in the locker room that you know have won stanley cups um know what it takes to to win a playoff series to get to the playoffs that's all fantastic but you need to have somebody that you look to and and like i said may, maybe they have it in the locker room but if they do why not make it official that's all i'm saying if if they have somebody who's in the locker room every day the guys look to him what's he saying how are we doing this where we need to get better why not just make it official and and give and give the guys in the room a little boost i i just i don't I don't see the benefit at this point to, to waiting any longer. I, I don't, I don't either. And it's like, like you said, if it's none of these guys, then it's got to come from elsewhere. But if you're bringing in a, that type of quality into this locker room, then you're going to be dishing someone out. And then the question is, so are the Rangers trading Panarin, Zibanejad, Fox, uh, Truba, Kreider, Goudreau? Who is it? Because you got these guys long term and they're making the most money on this team. Who's it going to be? And, you know, you just it's a it's a head scratcher for sure. Um, I think we had that guy in our locker room. His name was Neil Pionk. He's he's going to be (laughs) fighting Fox for the Norris this year. Uh, Imagine having those two guys on this team. Unbelievable. But, uh, you know, it's frustrating. There's a lot of questions to be answered. And, you know, I, I think if the Rangers don't name Fox the captain on Monday, then uh, against the Florida Panthers at home, they'll be buzzing the building against one of the best teams in the NHL right now, 9-0-1. You know, you're going to need that extra boost. I mean, their goal differential is a plus 19. It's just a joke right now. Uh, before the season started, I had them pegged as not getting over a hundred, what I get, uh, 95 points, I think for the season, I thought they were going to be overhyped. Uh, they may never lose again. Uh, they <laughs> might go straight into the playoffs, win all 16 games and, and take a Stanley cup. They're the real deal. They are. Well, they are the real deal, but I really want them. Uh, when does Carolina and Florida play each other? But, uh, all right. So kind of to wrap things up, it's really annoying. The Rangers don't have a captain. That's, that's really bothering me. It's bothering me that we're once again blowing leads. It's bothering me that I think this team is not in hockey shape, not in game shape, and that's why we falter in the second period and uh, we come out and just get hemmed in our zone for minutes at a time. Uh, it, it bothers me that we don't win in overtime. That bothers me. It bothers me that our backup goalie always gives up on timely goals and can't make a big save when he wants to be treated like a, a future starter in this league. That bothers me. 
Uh, it bothers me when guys just don't step up. And, yeah. you know, I, I listen, I can, I'm only a fan. I can only do so much. But you guys are losing me here. And it's 6-2-3, and three, and I shouldn't feel like this season is in the toilet. We're second in the, in the Metro right now. And, you know, only to a team that hasn't lost yet. And we're only three points behind them. Granted, they have two games in hand. But still, it's just like it's so frustrating. There's so many things that this team could do to just tweak and get better. And if this is what it's like, and I feel like we stink, imagine what where we're going to be in the standings when everything starts to click. But the problem yeah. is we keep saying like, well, man, they're not playing that well. But imagine when we do. We don't know if there's another gear, though. Mm-hmm. Like right now, we stink. We just think they have this potential. They got to show it. So... I don't know if you agree with that. I, yeah. I do. And and one one final point that I have on uh, on Georgie. I was watching, when I turned the game on last night, I got um, the Oilers feed. And for the first, I don't know, four or five minutes, I was watching the Oilers feed before I switched over to MSG. Um, but they made a very good point. Uh, there at that point, three three or four minutes, whatever it was, into the game, he had Georgie had already had a few shots on him, and they said that he looks like a goalie that is just trying to get in front of the puck. He's making he's stopping the puck. He's not making saves. And a- after they said that, I couldn't stop seeing it. But every single time he got. They, that the Oilers took a shot, it hit him up up in the chest or, you know, somewhere where you'd think he'd be able to kind of cover it up and it just fell in front of him or he gave up a juicy rebound. And it's those types of little things that when he's in net make you pucker up a little bit and you're like, oh, Jesus, this is we're going to be in one tonight. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Did, did you work the Mitch Corn hockey camp with me? The goalie can't? Yes, yeah, yes, I did. The one thing I remember him talking to the kids uh, in between all his perverted jokes, <laughs> the, one, the one thing I, he did say, and it's always kind of stuck with me, was, and it, this kind of goes into what you just said, he said that even if you don't eat the puck, meaning you make the save and hold on to it for a whistle, a really good goalie, like the good goalies, control all the rebounds and they put the rebounds in dead zones meaning the two corners or off to the side they never punch it out in front of them they never uh you know have it like sit and lie down like uh you know off to the side of the crease and stuff like that it goes a a good goalie controls all the rebounds because they're seeing the puck Mm -hmm. georgie i don't i just don't think he's he's seeing it i mean the rebounds go everywhere a couple times last night they punch out right in front of them and that, Harvey, I think it was scored a goal because that exact thing happened. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, uh, you know, Georgie, I've kind of, I feel for him. Uh, it might be the frustrate frustration realizing he'll never be started with the New York Rangers or never be that platoon. Right now we have a backup. We don't have a one, a one B we have a clear a and a clear B. And, you know, again, a game where you needed a big save to be made. He fails to make that big save once again. And, uh, you know, I, I am ripping them because again, th- there's no excuses. This is not, we're not building anything here. Uh, w- you know, we're competing now. It's not, we're not building anymore. We're competing and mm-hmm. you got to be able to win hockey games. You got to be able to stop the puck. And I don't care if you're the backup, Igor can't s- stop 50 shots 
and, and, and win you the game every night. We got to start, you know, showing up as a team and playing a full 60 minutes and not get hemmed in the zone. And, you know, and, and you could see, it, you know, Georgie at the, at, you know, the last overtime, uh, the lo- overtime goal, he kind of slams his stick and skates immediately to the bench. And it's like, yeah, I'd be frustrated too. Um, but you can look in the mirror. I mean, the Rangers didn't play, you know, well in front of you. It kind of let you out to dry. They didn't clear those rebounds, you know, because mm-hmm. obviously not every save is going to be clean and every shot's going to be clean and you can direct the puck into those corners. But, you know, Again, it's a, it's a full it's a lack it's a lack of energy, and I just really think this team's just not in shape. But we're gonna just yeah. blame it on them being you know uh, out of shape. That's what we're gonna go with. That's the theme, right. I think. And, the and coming coming from a guy who's overweight and out of shape, I know when I see it. Yeah, and listen, <laughs> the, I think we all know too. There's a difference between going to the gym every day and you know, being able to squat a million pounds and, you know, doing pull-ups and all that type of stuff. That's great for being in shape, but there's such a difference between hockey shape and gym shape. And you can't replicate what you get on the ice with, um, with what you do in the gym. It's just, there's, it's just not going to happen. And uh, hopefully, you know, as the games go on, the Rangers find themselves in a little bit better game shape and can play a full 60 minutes. But as of right now, the New York Rangers are holding on for dear life and give it a couple weeks, man. And if you don't think Washington, Philly, the Islanders, Pittsburgh are going to win games toward the middle end of this season, you got something wrong. And the Rangers are going to be wishing that we had those points back. So um, unfortunately, we find ourselves again on the bad side of a highlight reel that will be played for the next 20 years with McDavid <laughs> until he retires. Uh, and you know, Eric, Phil, I want you to give a prediction for tonight's game. It's at 10 o'clock, uh, against the Calgary flames. This way you can eat crow when you're wrong with your prediction, because, uh, you know, this podcast won't come out till Monday. (laughs) Well, I, I tend to be uh, a bit of an optimist and in, in lieu of, uh, Andy, who I, I know is also a little bit of an optimist. I think that the Rangers are going to find a way. They're going to eke one out. It's going to be a 3-2 overtime win um, against a very good Calgary team. Um, just looking back real quick at their, their record, they are – They've lost. Calgary has lost their last two games. So as I'm saying this now, they'll definitely lose. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick to my optimistic guns and say that the Rangers find a way uh, to bounce back after a disappointing loss, um, two disappointing losses here, and wrap up a West Coast Canadian road trip with a with a W. I'm with you. My official prediction, especially if I'm a gambling man, you take Calgary. The Rangers are in the last game of a road trip. They're going to be looking to get home. Uh, they're not going to be fully you know, uh, engaged into this game. Calgary, two losses in a row, despite uh, one being in overtime. Uh, they come out. They're going to be on fire, literally, because they're the Flames, and they're going to put the Rangers away. Uh, you're looking at another 5-1, 6-1. I think it'll be a close first period, but the floodgates will open. Rangers lose interest. They take dumb penalties. Calgary capitalizes on the power play, and they blow them out of the water because that's who the Rangers are. We're not engaged. We're not in shape, and we can't compete with the best teams in this league. 
We're going to beat up on the, the lower teams, and that's great. But again, uh, that's winning games. That's not a winning culture. And right now, the Rangers, uh, we uh, the culture still remains that we're just a stinky hockey team that can't compete with the big boys of this league. I think I think I agree with most of what you said, but I think because um, I think Igor is going to come out and steal a game for us. I think he's going to stand on his head. He's going to have fifty saves and uh, look for look for Chris Kreider to score another uh, off the ass power play goal uh, to put him up, and and uh, they'll they'll hang on. That's my that's my guess. All right, I'm, it's I'm not going to be give, pretty. It's not going to be pretty, but they'll get it done. I usually give Andy the final word, so I want to. You get the final word here. Um. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you for for the uh, for the invite. It's it was uh, it was a lot of fun to come on and and shoot the shoot the breeze with you and talk a little hockey. Um, but I think that in Rangers land, there needs to be a little bit of a push to get over this hump. This kind of seems to be where they've stalled out the last couple of years where, you know, they'll have some good games, but then inevitably they have a couple of bad games. Um, I think this is where the Rangers have an opportunity to really shove it to the, uh, to the naysayers like, like you and I, and, and to the ones that are questioning their effort and their conditioning to take this opportunity and capitalize. They've got a good, group, a good core of guys. They've got a great goaltender in Igor Shosturkin. Um, they seem to be receiving most of what uh, Gallant is, is putting out there. So I think that the next couple of games here against uh, a good Calgary team and a very good Panthers team uh, is going to show us a lot. Are they going to lay down and take it like the Rangers of old, or are they going to fight back and find a way to right the ship here in the uh, early stages of November. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at hockeypodnet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.